0: Hey guys, I'm Megan and I'm Sierra. Welcome back to According to. For this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the hot topic around the globe right now, coronavirus or COVID-19 as some people prefer to call it. I'm pretty sure this is just what I heard from Dr. Mike, I think, but coronavirus is like what the name of the virus is, like that's the type of virus, and then COVID-19 is like what they're classifying the actual disease that people get as, Um, but they're pretty interchangeable, I feel like, at this point. Like, mm-hmm. people know what you're talking about. And if you don't know, like, what Megan means by that, she explained it to me by saying how Dr. Mike explained it, which was saying how for HIV and AIDS, you're infected with the HIV virus, and you get AIDS as a result. So that's kind of how yeah. that's related. Again, not really, like, a huge deal if you interchange them, but that's the distinguish. We are going difference. to get to our weekly spotlights in a minute, but we want to start off by saying that we are by no means experts, but... We've been talking about it a lot just like between our family and everyone at the school is talking about it because it's been impacting classes and whatnot and so I feel like especially because I'm sure like it's not just us that's talking about it everyone around the globe is talking about it and so I think it's just interesting to again come together and like it makes sense to talk about about something that you guys are experiencing as well and hopefully we can like kind of start this discussion. It's meant to be more of like a colloquial discussion not just like you know, here's all the facts, and, like, here's, like, you know, your global health, you know, public health podcast. This is just us talking about talking it. Like, we've been talking it. about it with Like, we're your friends. Uh, we will hopefully bring up some good information and some facts for you, but a lot of this will also just be opinions. So, that's our little disclaimer for that. But, first things first, we're going to get into our weekly spotlights. So, Megan, what is your weekly spotlight? I was having a hard time coming up with one that was, like, this super unique and distinct, but... I guess it's Wednesday when we're recording this, and so I finished kind of my last hard day of classes before spring break, and that just meant that I had a presentation this morning for one of my classes that is finally done with. Um, We did go over our 20-minute time limit, so that kind of sucks, but it's over with anyways, and so I'm just happy about that. And then tomorrow and Friday, I only have like one to two classes on each of those days, so I'm happy about that. Gonna start focusing on, like, spring break packing and all of that stuff. Yeah, I think my weekly spotlight's pretty similar to that. I had my last uh, midterm before spring break, so that was nice to get done and over with, especially just because I feel like I've been trying to study for the last few days. Not like it was hard material, but just, like, it's nice that I, like, came back to our apartment today, and I was like, wow, I don't really have anything to do. Like, I can mm-hmm. start packing, and, like, I have a show that I'm kind of in the middle of watching right now. What I'm trying show? to, um, Elite on Netflix. It's like a, it's a Spanish show, but it's dubbed in English, so you can, like, listen to it in English. It's kind of like, someone described it as a better, like, what Riverdale, like, wanted to be or whatever. I think it's like, there's, like, a murder, and it kind of, like, is a high school, and, like, trying to figure out who did it or whatever. But it's, like, not really amazing, in my opinion right now. Like, it's good enough to keep watching, and I didn't have anything to watch. So, maybe my tune will change as I get further into it, and I'll be like, this is amazing, but... I heard a lot of good reviews about it, so that's why I started watching it. All right, so there's a lot of different routes that we can go and that we're probably going to go as we talk about coronavirus and just where we want to start, I'm not sure. I think it's interesting to look back, because I know we mentioned it last week just kind of as like a little thing to bring up when we're talking about spring break and stuff, but it's crazy how in just one week from when we recorded our last episode because I think we recorded that last Wednesday and it's currently a week later on Wednesday and it's crazy how it's like you know back then we're just like focusing on how it would affect travel and now it's gotten to the point where it's like oh it's affecting everything like our everyday life. Um, I also want to say like this podcast and us talking about it is not meant to scare anyone. I know sometimes talking about stuff like this can make people uncomfortable and scared for the future. I think it's good to get information out there though. And just to talk about it, I want to say that we should all be aware of what's going on and being cognizant of, you know, whether or not we travel, especially internationally or making sure you're just like having proper hygiene more than normal and stuff like that. But you also like for most people, you shouldn't be too concerned where you're not living your daily life unless you've been told otherwise yeah and we're gonna get into that with like a lot of people have asked um if we think this is overhyped or not so we will kind of dive into that but I think first we can talk about how it's actually impacting our day-to-day life currently because um I think a lot of people in the U.S. and like other countries too um schools have started canceling face-to-face classes
1: and and that was more like
0: just recently in the U.S. but other European countries and In China like they've been closed like I know for us on Monday someone in one of our classes kind of like brought up the idea to a professor and they're like I don't know we'll kind of cross that bridge when we get there and then by Tuesday it was like oh a lot of schools are closing down and then like we are pretty sure that you know the university would not close down I guess isn't like necessarily the right word but uh cancel face-to-face classes and then like by today I was like just waiting for the news because I knew that we were going to cancel for at least some period of time Um, Me and Sierra were actually walking to class this morning, and this was at the point where they hadn't said anything officially, but everyone kind of knew to expect that online or in online classes would be what we would be going to. And so when me and Sierra were walking to class this morning, we were like trying to say what we were predicting them to do like a university, (sighs) and we were like, we're pretty sure that they're going to finish out the week before spring break, just because um, there hasn't been any community spread in Iowa, as far as I'm aware. Like, the first cases in Iowa weren't even, um, like, there were no positive cases until Sunday. Technically, they traveled back from an Egyptian cruise on March 3rd, but, like, they, they didn't test positive until Sunday. And then now a couple more people that were on the cruise I think have tested the total positive is again. 13. And then one person that's in a different county, because all these people were diagnosed positive in the county that our school's in. And then one other person was travel related from, like, California, I think. So, There's not currently any community spread. I'm sure that's going to change just because it's probably bound to happen. But I think that's why our university was not super quick to be like, we have to cancel right now. Whereas like Ohio State canceled when there was three positive cases, like not even close to Ohio State, and like each school is going to handle it differently. But I just noticed that that's not how our university responded. And yeah, even now, like they're kinda like, we're finishing out the week still. And after break, so our spring break is next week. They're going to do online classes for two weeks, and then I We're honestly supposed feel to be like, back by April sixth, and that was what we and Sierra predicted. And I feel like honestly, the odds of them extending that are probably pretty good, just because. But I don't think they wanted to push it out too far in the first place, just because you and never that's know. That's not predicted. I predicted like you can always extend it, but once you set. A date in the first place like a lot of I've seen schools going to like April 20th yeah like that's a long ways away and like we might get there who knows but I think it's smarter to start with a shorter deadline because then you can always extend it but you can't really like say all right guys like come back yeah. early we're ready I think what's interesting too is that I've kind of thinking okay if this is if how we're I guess I'm trying to figure out how to word this if it only is taking this many cases for schools to cancel in the first place in three weeks it's pretty much guarantee that that number is probably going to be higher, if anything. And so that's why I have a hard time believing that we'll be coming back to school after the two-week break. I don't know. Like, honestly, it kind of begs the question of, like, is this going to be the rest of the semester? I don't know. I know. That's what a lot of people are talking about. We were also talking about how, you know, it's mostly just universities and colleges have talked about closing, but, like, what about public schools? Are they going to be closing? You Yeah. We don't know. I haven't heard anything about any public schools closing. Like, At least not as in as Iowa. I think elementary. in Washington, I had heard of high schools closing, but, or like in Kansas City too, where like that one dad broke quarantine uh, yeah. to go take his daughter to a dance. Maybe don't do that. Just an idea. Food for thought. But I was also going to say, what's interesting is like we have one class that's a lab class and many STEM-related majors have a lab component to Or one like other arts classes. majors and stuff have, yeah. you know, dance classes, music classes. Like things that, are kind of hard to do, not in person. And so trying to figure out how to make those classes online is going to be extremely difficult. Our professor was already trying to talk about what he thought they could maybe do as far as, like, our lab class, because that's, like, a lab-only class. That's the only component of the class. And he was kind of straight-up saying that, like, he did not know what to do and Mm -hmm. that we... Like, our quote-unquote homework is to, like, go to lab tonight and, like, give him ideas for, like, what we can do for the class. Yeah. So... I think that I don't know. potentially Sierra kind of brought up how maybe if we were to come back at some point later in the semester, our second exam, because we we're going to have three units total for this class, maybe just make the second unit the final and, like, shorten the objectives that we had to learn. But again, if we don't have, like, if we don't end up coming back at all, like, what are we supposed to do? Because I don't know. Like, you know what? should we do a project of some sort <laughs> or... What's interesting for, like, universities are pretty well-equipped to transition online just because they have the websites, like, Canvas, Blackboard, whatever you use. Like, they're equipped to do, that, to do that, and a lot of classes, like, already are online. But, like, for high school and stuff, like, they're, in my opinion, like, a lot of them aren't, like, wouldn't know how to go online, you know? I was trying to talk to my lab group yesterday because, again, this is all that anyone has been talking about, especially, like, in lab when you're just busy for three hours. Like, it was a good chunk of the conversation yesterday. And the, some of them were saying that there's actually a lot of high schools that, like, they give their students laptops, iPads. I know that's only, like, some high schools. But if they do have that sort of situation, they're probably, like, a little bit better prepared to go online. But they they don't have, like, the interface still of, like, icon canvas. We call our canvas mm-hmm. icon, so that's why I said that. But... It definitely is interesting and or like um, for like elementary school like at that point like they wouldn't do like online yeah. work would they? Like <laughs> it makes no sense to think me. So. It's interesting to think about. Um or if the whole semester gets canceled, I start getting worried thinking about graduation. Can- canceled in the sense of like online. Online. I get worried thinking about graduation just because if they were to finish out the whole semester online, I have a hard time imagining that they would do in-person graduation ceremonies, but I'm like, I'm supposed to graduate in May. I would like to walk across the stage because, like, I even thought briefly of, like, do you think that they would, like, say, oh, if you want to, like, be a part of the ceremony, like, come back in, like, winter, but, like, no one's going to care enough to do that. I've heard of them potentially, like, postponing it until, like, later in the summer, I think it would just depend suck on, you know, how bad the spread is or not. What's interesting is, like, people kind of start looking ahead to be like, what's the potential end date to this? And it's like, no one knows. Like, how are we supposed to know? I kind of feel like, honestly, based off of China already and South Korea, it's like it spread pretty consistently for two to three months, and now they're just starting to plateau and level off, and that still means that there's a lot of people that that are infected, but they're just, like, getting infected at a lower rate. So I'm kind of like, this could be, like, two, three months. Like, and then people have to, like, the numbers have to start decreasing. So it really probably is going to go on longer than I think everyone is anticipating it. Um, I think it kind of just depends on, like, how fast the U.S., at least for us specifically, reacts and responds and, like, how serious or not people take it. I guess we could talk about a lot of you guys wanted to know our thoughts on the media's portrayal of coronavirus. Or just like is it overhyped? All that stuff. Um, and like a lot of people or a lot of people have been comparing it to the flu or, you know, other past, you know, I don't know, epidemics, pandemics, they're classified gets. as that, yeah. Outbreak would be a better term. Like Ebola and stuff. So I guess we'll just dive into these are our opinions. Feel free to agree or not, but you guys asked. So Exactly. Um I think yes and no in terms of is the media overhyping this. I think yes in the sense of being really sensational. Like clickbaity. <clears throat> Sensationalized is the right word I was looking for. I could tell you're searching I for it. I was like, what is it? Um you like if you look at headlines, a lot of them say like the deadly uh coronavirus or you like they use like fatal deadly, those kinds of like clickbait words. A lot because they want people to click on their articles because, again, it's, you know, a money-driven business. They want people to click on their articles to look at the ads so that they can get paid. I think, because I've been watching, I've been trying to get most of my information from, like, the CDC. Um, I live in Iowa, so the Iowa Department of Public Health, and keeping up to date with information that they post. I've obviously also been using Twitter a lot because they have a very distinct coronavirus um, update. Twitter Twitter moment. Twitter moment, so it's like they're also (laughs) trying to get good information available. I've also been going and watching Dr. Mike's videos. He's made multiple about them. And I think that um, his first couple of videos were kind of just like updating people about the situation where they could expect it to go in the future. And then his <clears throat> most recent one was talking about the media's portrayal of coronavirus and kind of wishing that the media would stop sensationalizing it and saying that, you know, you can't just do this just to ke- just to get clicks. They would often, you know, have a super dangerous sounding sentence then it'd be followed by oh that's why this makes sense and that's why it's not as scary as they just made it sound and I think that that is just scaring people more and this is why we're having things like sell out of like toilet paper toilet paper selling out disinfectant wipes we literally went grocery shopping and Megan and I have been wanting to get like more disinfectant wipes and sanitizer for our spring break trip we're going to talk about that too because some people are asking you know travel plans if that changed or whatever we'll get to that after this but um, we were getting that just because, you know, traveling, we wanted to be able to like wipe down, wipe down our seats and stuff and just like be able to, if we couldn't wash our hands, you know, use hand sanitizer, um, frequently. And literally the, we were looking for them. And we're like, where is the disinfectant And that wipes? was the day that we even, like, that was literally probably less than two hours after like there were even confirmed cases in Iowa. So either people are super fast or people were already prepared yeah. for it before I was. And then I was like, what well, used to be in this section that's empty right now? And then I was like, that's where wipes. the disinfectant wipes were. Yep. All right. Great. We literally um, are having our mom send us Well, because we went wipes. back <laughs> to Des Moines last weekend, and she gave me, like, wipes because she had bought some and was like, here, you guys can take these. And I was like, all right, sweet. I put it, like, by my coat, and then I left, and I didn't grab them. And so after the fact, we were trying to go to Hy-Vee and look for wipes, and, like, they didn't have any. So I was like, at first I was kind of like, maybe I'll just, like, I have some hand sanitizer, like, maybe that'll be fine. But, like, now that, like, it's kind of amped up again, I, again, just want to be, like, more safe than sorry. And, like, I might as well have it if I can. And so I was like, Mom, could you please send me the wipes? Thank you. And I haven't looked on Amazon, but I'm pretty sure, like, they're getting expensive. Like, things are sold out. Like, you know, supply and demand people. Yeah. Supply is low, demand is high, prices go way up. Just getting back to, like, do we think it's overhyped or not? I think that the coronavirus itself, to me, like, to me personally— my fear has decreased as this has gone on because as I'm getting more information, I'm understanding that I'm not particularly like an at-risk individual. So my fear has decreased. That doesn't mean I don't think people should be talking about it. That doesn't mean I don't think that I shouldn't be taking necessary precautions and that other people shouldn't be taking necessary precautions because that is how you stop the spread of a virus. And by me not doing my part, that's going to make it, so that other people are more likely to get sick, in danger, and that's the people that are going to get sick the most severely, so I think it's really, everyone still has to come together and kind of act like it's a big deal, even when it's not to you personally. Like, I've seen a lot of people say, like, well, if I got it, like, it wouldn't really be that big of a deal, and it's like, well, it wouldn't be a big deal for you necessarily, but if you come in contact with someone who has a compromised immune system or someone who is older, then you're putting... Them at risk, especially the fact that the symptoms are yeah, delayed. Yeah, that's the big thing. Like, you're not going to know you're sick until even after you've been infected. So, like, that's the issue. Because a lot of people who are healthy and get it, they say like, "Wow, like this is really being overhyped." Like, I don't have hardly any symptoms. I would have thought this is just like the common flu. And like, when you have those symptoms, a lot of people, especially like in the U.S., where like everyone's work driven, would just be tempted to go into work anyways, even if they have like a few minor symptoms, and I think that's one of the dangerous things about the coronavirus is that for non-at-risk populations, it's pretty mild and not very severe, and that's why people are still going out and carrying out out their daily activities, and they're increasing the spread of the virus so it has a better chance of getting to those at-risk populations, and that is not good. Because then you see the nursing home in Washington that got infected. It literally killed at least 18 people, like last time I checked. That is so many people, and it's very sad. But it just goes to show how deadly it can be if it gets to, like, a population that's older and that already has underlying health conditions. And this is another thing that's been making me a little bit upset is that people keep touting around this figure. I don't know what the exact figure is anymore, but they're like, if you're under 80 years old, like, the survival rate is, like, 99% or something. I don't know what the actual figure is, but it's, like, in the 90%, you know, pretty good survival rate. And then I'm just like, well, yeah, but what makes someone who's over 80 any less important like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I get saying that like as a way to comfort like yourself because like most of the population is under 80 years old so they're like all right sweet I'm good but to like tout that figure around and be like we're good everyone like stop worrying about it like I'm just like if I'm over 80 or like you know I have someone in my family who's over 80 I'm like well they're not good (laughs) I feel like it's challenging to try and find like the good appropriate balance of like taking it seriously versus like not letting it panic people because we know that like the economy has already started to like be affected because people are panicking and I don't necessarily think we should be panicking but don't I panic. think that we need to Get your money in the stock market <laughs> yeah don't panic because then the economy gets hurt but we keep talking about the coronavirus because it's still important that doesn't mean you should panic it just means we all need to be paying attention and doing our part like I've been washing my hands like non-stop I have hand sanitizer I use it like after every single class and like I'm just trying to stay on top of my own personal hygiene and making sure that I can do like a little things like that. I'm yeah, that's like, and then like the other question to ask, like if everyone thinks that the media is hyping it up way too much, like what do you think would be like the appropriate level to talk about it? Because it's clearly not something we could just ignore. Mm-hmm. So what would everyone prefer? Or is everyone thinking like that school's closing? Like, I guess we can talk about that. Do we think that the school closing is a good idea, bad idea? Good idea. All right. <laughs> I think that at this point, Schools closing down is a good step to try and proactively prevent more people from having it spread. I also think that schools are trying to cover themselves so that they don't- Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're not responsible for people getting sick because if students and faculty start getting sick, then people are going to get very angry and upset that classes weren't canceled because people were forced to go to classes and be in close contact with many other people. And so I think that it's twofold in that the university is doing it to help themselves out and also- um, it is going to help prevent the spread, especially because I think that the U.S.'s main goal right now is it's likely that there's already many more people infected with the virus as we speak, that we don't have documented or that haven't been tested yet and all of that stuff. And it's going to keep happening. So if we can do things like this and that if we can, you know, try to encourage people not to travel internationally or even just try to tell people to be a little more cautious with, you know, going in large group settings, I think that really the U.S. is just trying to minimize the spread of the virus in any way possible so that we can keep it as low as possible. Like you were talking about with um, keeping that curve. I also saw this trending on Twitter today, hashtag flattening the curve. I don't know if I was talking um, about the exact same thing, but doing that and like slowing the spread so that we can stay under hospital capacity. Healthcare system capacity. I can talk about that a little bit since I saw this little graphic. It was part of a Twitter moment for coronavirus, so like that's where I so got this. So if you get this information... You know? Um, but basically like another big thing with why we're trying to control the spread of coronavirus is because I'm going to try and explain this best I can because it was an image and I thought it was helpful. But if you guys know what a bell-shaped curve is, then like it's just like a normal normal distribution. distribution. Otherwise just google it or if you've taken stats you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, with how the virus is spreading right now and if we're not preventing spread, then you get a really dramatic rise and increase in exponential growth. (laughs) Yep. Exponential growth and then you hit a peak, and then it rapidly declines, and that's how, like, most epidemics, pandemics, outbreaks work. You get quick rise in spread of the disease, and then it falls back down, and that's how it works. And it's, like, naturally probably going to do that anyways. The issue is that we have a certain healthcare capacity. So in the Twitter moment, I was talking about, you know, there's only so many hospital beds, and let's say— And like- it even took into account hospital hospitalizable—that was not the word— Like, cases that would get hospitalized. So, it used, like, actual statistics talking about, like, there's this many hospital beds in the U.S. Let's say it was, like, 36% or something are occupied from non-coronavirus-related diseases at all times. That leaves this many beds. Let's say this percentage of the population gets the coronavirus that would require hospitalization. So, it's a severe enough case that they have to be hospitalized. And with the rate that we're going right now, there's going to be more hospitalizable cases. Again, I don't know if that's a word you just said, but... Uh, then there are beds available, and the issue with that is that those people that would have probably survived because they're getting a hospital bed won't survive if they don't have get access to proper treatment. Much. So basically, it's saying that by preventing spread, we're going to probably prolong the length of the spread of the disease, but the peak of the curve will not exceed healthcare capacity. So hopefully, the cases that
1: like should even at it, its
0: worst, it. She'll hopefully stay under. Yeah, if you guys... I'll see if I can find a picture of this to maybe post on our Instagram or something, or Instagram story, because I thought it was, like, a really nice illustration of just, like, something that people not, like, aren't really thinking about in terms of... Like, I've honestly heard some treatment. people that are, like, extreme people being, like, let's just frickin' expose everyone to the virus and get it over with now. And I'm not even saying that, like, in a kind of dystopian society world, if, like, that's what we were ready to do. I'm not saying it wouldn't work because... Like, doctors have said— The faster it spreads, the more people get it, like, the sooner it'll be over. Yeah, like, then everyone gets, like, herd immunity stuff, everyone's less likely to actually get it. So I'm not saying that that's not partially accurate, but like Sierra was just saying, that's probably not a good idea because even though we'll be done with it sooner, more people are going to die if we're reckless in doing something like that. And also, like, there's no way that that would happen because— what are you supposed to do? Just like everyone meet in one place, put one person with coronavirus in the middle, just, just have start them, like, hugging, breathe on you. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna happen. Um, but I thought it was weird that people were even like suggesting such extreme things like that. I don't know. I also think what's annoying is like how political people have been making the outbreak because, like, I'm just generalizing here. Uh, I'm independent, so I'm not, tr- but I probably do lean more liberal. But I'm just saying what I've seen from conservative people and how they generally feel about the virus versus Democrats and liberal people and how they generally feel about the virus. I'm making generalizations. You can disagree. Whatever. (laughs) Um, From what I've seen, conservatives have mostly been the ones saying that the media is overhyping it. It's being taken, like, it's being blown out of proportion a little bit and that people need to just continue on business as usual and it's all fine, especially because Donald Trump keeps overemphasizing I think too much how successful he has been in, like don't I have some beef with how he keeps bringing up the number of flu deaths every year and then like the amount of people in his comments or like you know his replies or whatever (laughs) that are just like that is so true because everyone keeps bringing up the statistic of like oh do you know how many people die of the flu every year? Can I finish making my generalization? Yeah you can finish that. So yeah conservatives usually say media is over hyping it And then I guess on the other hand, one could argue that the Democrats are taking it too seriously, but I kind of feel like personally the Democrats are just trying to listen to the CDC and make sure people are, like, taking it seriously. Like, you can't really take it, like, too too seriously, can you? So, I don't know. One could argue with me, I guess, (laughs) but that's just what I've seen. Um, And I feel like I don't think you can take it too seriously, whereas I feel like it's somewhat harmful to try and, like, tell people... No business as usual. Don't worry about it. No one panic. Like, I agree with the no one panic. I agree with trying to continue on with daily life as long as the CDC is not further restricting. Like, I have a feeling, you guys, that we are going to further restrict what we're about to do. More jobs are going to be going to telecommunication. Like, I just feel like that's where it's going. So I feel like it doesn't make sense for Donald Trump to keep creating this facade of, like, business as usual, blah, blah, blah. It's all going to be fine and, like, normal, you know. I think he's trying Mm -hmm. to do it to, like hold the the economy stable, which I get, but I just think that he's, like, really picking very carefully what he wants to show us his narrative, and then there's doctors that are literally, like, on the CDC that are saying, like, I don't know what he's talking about. He's, like, I wouldn't agree with what he's saying because we have, like, you know, this could become something much bigger, and he's not getting that point across. But, like, back to Megan's original comment, like, relating to politics, like, we need to... There's so many people who are just like, this virus is just like another way to screw with the election for- What even? 2020. And it's like, this started in China, but okay. That's a lot to say about that. (laughs) Basically- I'm just saying, if you haven't seen, there's been a couple of people that have been saying that during every election year, there's some kind of outbreak and you know you can look up the dates of outbreaks. like That's not false. I'm pretty sure that yes, there's been an outbreak of some sort every election year, but my response to that is honestly kind of like, okay, and? <laughs> and? And? Every What am years I supposed to do with that information? Elections happen pretty often, my friend. <laughs> I actually don't know if the one I'm thinking of was every four years or if it was every two years. But point is, just saying that it happens during an election year, like, what does that even imply or mean? I don't know. Because, and then, just related to that, sorry, like, again, I don't think politics are really that related to this. But, but people make if it happens poly- every election type. year, that means it happens regardless if there's a Democrat or Republican in office, in which case, who is it helping? Or is it just to see if the person in office is handling it correctly? I don't know. But I don't know either. What are you arguing with either way? Because I feel like right now, if you're a Republican, like, whatever, you can, you can tell me off tell us if you r- want. That's That's why I feel I like Republicans Instagram. right now are saying people are just trying to use the coronavirus to, like, get Trump out of office. And I'm just like... In what world does that make sense? Like, if there was um, some sort of outbreak when Obama was in office, or like during election year, could you argue the same thing? I don't like. I don't know, guys. I don't know how it relates. Um, but I wanted to get back to the flu flu comparisons, and honestly, like comparisons with anything. And people will bring in car accidents. People will do whatever they want to compare the coronavirus to. So there's a huge difference between absolute and relative values. And I've seen so, so, so many people bring up how, you know, so many more people, like 30 to 70,000 people die of the flu every single year. And we've only had how many deaths now? One hundred twenty-nine. Oh. Okay. We've only had like, we've had that 29 be, I don't know, honestly. deaths of coronavirus in the U.S. And they're like, so where are our priorities? <clears throat> and I'm just, you have to look at relative values because the number of people who get the flu every year is so much greater 40 million, 60 million, whatever it is. The number of people that get that have gotten the coronavirus. So if you look at the mortality rate, which for the flu is like 0.2%, I believe, is what everyone keeps saying, and the coronavirus is at 3.5%. Like I saw someone being like, if you converted like the death rate for the coronavirus to what it would be for the flu, it would be like concerning. And people are just like, but you know, we have, like, the flu. No one worries about that. I think what's concerning more so is when you tell people that they're not looking at the relative frequencies for comparison. They're just, like, throwing out the absolute numbers. And I think that's important. I think some people are kind of like, well, it's affecting less people. Yeah. Therefore, it's not my concern. It's insane that people don't understand, like, why relative values, like, are so much more telling than absolute values. Because the thing is, this is... Like, if this infects, like, that many more people, if it gets to numbers where it's infecting as many people as, say, the flu, which hopefully it doesn't, all we can do is pray that we get to the point where we can kind of stabilize the number of new infections. But it's, like, the mortality rate of that is going to be so much higher, and therefore, like, everything that, like, the economy is going to be disturbed, like, everyone's going to be quarantined in, like, just stuff like that where it's, like, you have to look at, like, how fast it spread in China. So many people are sick. And I've seen some numbers that I'm, like, I got these from reputable sources, I guess, but it kind of, like, concerns me. It was, like, the daily mail or something. Is that what you're talking about? The 15 million. Yeah, million. I'm going to say this, and, like, honestly, even though this was supposedly from, like, a reputable university study, like, with experts, I still feel kind of iffy on whether or not I agree with it because I just have a hard time. Like, it sounds insane. Yeah. But I'll share it with you guys anyways because you could look up the article yourself. Maybe you've already seen it. I think, like Sierra said, the first place I saw it was on Snapchat. And it was saying how some experts, probably epidemiologists, they're the ones that study outbreaks and stuff, were saying that even on a low end pandemic outbreak, they were predicting that there could be up to 15 million deaths. And on a higher end, it could be 68 million. And deaths. what's insane is how far we are from that. Yeah. Like, we are at like 500 deaths within the right first now. year of the outbreak. So, like, so that just shows that, like, if we're talking about you know normal bell curves here, guys, like,
1: we well, got a only while beginning. to go
0: before the peak. And I'm not saying that to freak anyone out. I really like do think that to the best of your abilities, like, if you are not immunocompromised or if you're not over the age of 80, I think that those numbers and live your life as normal as possible and just wash your hands, good yeah. hygiene. That's all you can do. And I think that those numbers, like the article itself, was saying that it was predicting of the 15 million that 12 million of those deaths would be in China. And so it would still be, like, localized to probably, like, the more ground zero, for lack of a better word, outbreak. And also then I think it's going to impact more of countries that don't have a healthcare system that's prepared to handle the outbreak. And then also those at-risk populations. Mm-hmm. So it still is, like, those numbers are still targeting those that are most at risk of dying. But I when I read the numbers, I was just kind of, like, even in China right now, like, 80 is something – Eighty something thousand, I could be like wrong on my numbers. They change so often now. But it's like there's not even fifteen million people infected, yeah. let alone fifteen million deaths. So and that's it kinda of blows my mind. Three point five percent. Like that's where I get I like I, know. I literally am like in my head, I'm like, is there that many people on Earth? <laughs> I'm kidding. So guys. I'm not gonna lie, when I saw that report first, I was kind of like it's still is hard for me to even like think that that'd be possible. I literally screenshotted that and I sent that to Megan and I was like, um What? Because you read that and, like, that's concerning, but it almost just seems, like, not real enough to me. But I could be wrong, you know? Like, we could—this could be the beginning of something, but I don't want to freak you guys out either because there's no need to yet. You know what would freak me out, though? If I was going on a cruise for spring break, I would cancel. That's what I was going to get into. We kind of wanted to touch on spring break. I saw a few people ask if our spring spring break plans um, had changed at all. So, um, we will still be going to Hawaii, and I actually think that I'm feeling— like, totally confident going, because here's why. One, there's already 12 cases in our literal county right now. There's less in Hawaii, so I'm like, okay, if anything, I'm going to a place with a few people infected. And I also just know that, like, keeping track of my hygiene, trying to wash my hands, wiping things down, and, and trying also, to not touch my face is, like, really the only thing I can do. Yeah. To prevent getting it. Also, I think that airports are taking this more seriously. They're making sure that they're stepping up their sanitation systems. Airline companies are doing the same thing and they're trying to step up as well. And also, um, you know, because people are scared of the virus, less people are traveling. And so you're going to probably be in less contact with people than you think, like if you were traveling normally. So I think that all of that considered. And honestly, mostly I've been following the CDC recommendations And all that they have currently restricted or suggested not doing is traveling internationally and cruise ships. I'm not going on a cruise ship. So, again, that means to me that I don't need to change what I'm doing because the CDC did not recommend doing that. And surprisingly, like, we did this kind of on accident, but our spring break (laughs) plans are pretty, like, isolating, I guess you Mm -hmm. could say, for for lack of a better word. We're staying at—technically, it's a Verbo, but it's the same thing as Airbnb— and we're going to be the only ones staying there. We're going to rent a car. So I feel like we're limiting our contact with people quite a bit. We're going to try and get groceries so we won't be going to, like, as many restaurants. And, like, we were already planning on doing all of that anyways. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it's kind of nice now that I'm, like, we're not staying at a resort. Not to say that any resorts have, like, had an outbreak of anything. But it just, like, it more, it's more comforting to me knowing that we won't be surrounded by a bunch of people. And that we, like, wouldn't be theoretically, like, stuck in one spot if there was, like, an outbreak. Mm-hmm. but again honestly I haven't even heard of like I heard of one case in Hawaii and then I haven't looked at it since but I don't even know if there's like any tested positive cases on Kauai I could probably I know. look that up but I'm not sure if there is either uh I did talk to Megan like I was like if we're going on a cruise like would you cancel and I think I would I think I would too because I think like the just, CDC like, 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 like earlier when they were maybe saying like don't travel internationally and don't go on like international cruises maybe not but Like, the most recent recommendation, I'm pretty sure, from the CDC was avoid going on a cruise, especially if you are an older individual or if you are immunocompromised. And that would probably be enough for me to be like, I don't think I'm going to go. But, like, it's hard because I didn't put money into going on a cruise. Like, you put money in that Mm -hmm. usually you can't get back. Also, guys, I have to say, I'm a little (laughs) bit bitter about the flight prices to Hawaii right now. I could literally book my trip right now. And it would have been cheaper than when mm-hmm. I booked it in December. So that's a little bit, you know. Haley said that I should call the airline to, like, see if I can get some sort of... I just don't know if I want to, like, be a Karen due to the coronavirus yeah, exactly. outbreak. That's totally something Haley would do, though. I'm sure... Honestly, I would actually would love to do it for us, but yeah. I'm probably not going to worry about it. It is what it is. I bought the ticket when I did, and whatever. Um, What else have people been asking about... Um, someone said, are you well-informed about it? <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like I kind of pride myself in knowing when there's good versus bad information. Like, I've been going straight to, like, government websites. I hope that most people have them because I feel like everyone's been talking you know, about No, most people have not been. <laughs> but I, because, um, it just worries me when people get most of their information from Facebook or from Donald Trump himself or from just, like, random screenshots that people share. Like, you know how Facebook works like that? Like, people just mm-hmm. share whatever that, like, sounds like a fact that they get from who it's, knows where. It feeds into whatever you believe in. If someone else posts that, then you're, like, share. Even if they have no qualifications. They could even, like, they could even frame something I as if someone. I could post something on Facebook right now and make it, like, be like, oh, my doctor said this, this, and this. Like, here's 10 facts about the coronavirus that my doctor told me. Or you could be, like, doctor whatever from Harvard University said this. Like, and, and, and people it could, would share it'd be it. be absolutely false. So... Um, I would say that I've been well-informed just in the sense that I have been getting information pretty much daily. Like, I feel like it's all I look at all day, every day, because um, even though it is scary in a sense, I do find it very fascinating and interesting, but I think that most people do, and I think that that's why the media keeps feeding it to us, because everyone is very interested in it. But all I can say is don't trust if you just see a Facebook post or you just see a random Twitter post, Tweet, I guess that's what I was trying to say. (laughs) If you see a random tweet from who knows where, like just don't trust it right away. Try and, like, as soon as I hear something from, even like if my family sends me something, being like, oh, this just happened, or like this is some new information, I go look for it on my own on a website that actually is going to have accurate information. So I can be like, what's the full story? Does this, like, actually sound accurate? Are they portraying it in a way that's, like, not compared Mm -hmm. to, like, however whoever told me something is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think another, you know, to jump to like a different angle, I guess, to talk about the virus from, I think it's weird how many people are bringing up like coronavirus is not a new thing. Like it's just a new strain. I'm just kind of like, well, okay. And <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like people, I think, try to get a little too conspiracy theory about the outbreak in the pandemic. And I think it's pretty simple, honestly. We need to all do our part. Also, I think, because um, if you guys haven't been paying much attention, they have a lot of clinical trials, trials going on to try and find some sort of treatment because there is not one you right now. You could get paid to get the coronavirus. Is that true? <laughs> yes. Why don't they just... Oh, no, thank you. Isn't it like... It's only $1,100. That's not even I that heard, much. Um, I heard $1,100 somewhere, but I also saw on I Snapchat... I saw it on TikTok. It was like 4800 something like... In the UK or something, that's not enough money to willingly get the virus. In I mean, if opinion. you're if you're broke and you're a healthy individual, like you know, low key, why not? <laughs> and you could be like, I helped, you know. I got coronavirus. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what was I gonna say? What were we talking about? Oh yeah, so because yesterday Maggie's been, we have been talking back and forth, and like, um, we've been trying to figure out what Iowa State is doing for their classes what I was doing and so we've been like talking back and forth and so yesterday Maggie was asking us like when is this going to end or like how does this end because that's kind of like a million dollar question of like there's a pandemic going on who officially classified it as a pandemic which I kind of already thought it was I thought it was pretty obvious but today they officially were like the coronavirus outbreak is a pandemic and honestly I think that it is gonna like just run its course I feel like eventually they're going to get a virus that will help, or not a virus, <laughs> a vaccination that will help. But I feel like that's going to be kind of on like past the past receding end mm-hmm. of the outbreak. And then it's just kind of like, okay, to prevent, you know, getting it again or like letting it kind of come back. Then I've heard that the earliest we'll probably get a vaccination is early 2021. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping by that time the outbreak will have already kind of, yeah. you know, plateaued and will be. I feel like that's kind of how it was mm-hmm. for was it h1n1 i feel like it was like the last big one that we had like vaccines and kind of was like quote unquote in our backyard yeah. um and i remember like when the t- like the vaccine came out it was like kind of already going downhill yeah. and i was like oh i'm getting the h1n1 like vaccine and you also know, it's over because <laughs> sometimes people that don't know how the process of creating a vaccine works and i only know a little bit from my microbiology class but like some people are kind of like why does it take so long to get a vaccine figured out and the reason it does is because vaccines well first they have to find one that they think is going to be effective and then they have to go through clinical trials and that is the bulk of what takes so long because they have to make sure they're actually getting an effective vaccine and there's probably lots of competition too like there's not just one clinical trial going on there's a lot of different ones trying to figure out the best treatment for um COVID-19. And you also want to make sure there's no negative side effects because then you have exactly. to weigh whether the you know, pros outweigh the cons in terms of the benefits of the vaccine. You want to make sure that no one's gonna die from the vaccine. And really, like honestly, trying to prevent. if they get the vaccine out early next year, like that's incredible, like record timing for yeah. a vaccine. Um, so just know that even though it seems like a long time, that's incredibly fast for something like this. And I have no doubt that they're going to figure something out. They could honestly still be seeing like promising results already in clinical trials, but it's just not something that's available to the public yet. So, yeah, that's kind of, I feel like I'm pretty pro, not even pretty pro-vaccine, I'm (laughs) I'm pro-vaccine, and so I have a feeling that they're going to get a vaccine figured out eventually, but it takes time, and in the meantime, we just have to do our part again to, like, that's why the limiting spread is so important, because we don't have a treatment yet We have to try and just avoid getting it all together, especially for the at-risk populations. Mm -hmm. I saw someone else ask uh, what we should do, or, like, what you, as in, like, the general you, should do to kind of, like, play your part in preventing the spread of the virus. What are your initial... I mean, I think we've already kind of touched on this, but, like, you really... The only thing you can do is prevent it, how you would prevent the common flu... Um, I think, to this, just maybe being, like, a little more cognizant. I feel like, like the flu always the goes around, and people forget about it. like, do you ever about think it? about, like, washing your hands, like, after you, you know, do X, Y, and Z? No, not always. So I think that just being aware, like, hey, I just, you know, did this. Maybe I should wash my hands. Or, like, like, I've been opening door handles either, like, with my coat over my hand or just, like, shoving it open with my arm. Mm-hmm. Like, little things like that where, like, it doesn't hurt, and you might as well just do that to, again, avoid getting any germs. And just, like, also because it's uh, a respiratory, you know, disease when it's serious, I guess, um, you want to make sure you, like, aren't touching your face and, like, touching your mouth, I, uh, okay, like, I've kind of started biting my nails again, so I'm trying to be really aware of not doing that because I don't want, like, all the germs, I mean, this could be said for any time of the year, not just for a virus, (laughs) but, um, I'm really trying to be aware of, like, not biting my nails so that, like, I'm just, you know. I just feel like I'm hyper-aware of everything more so than I was before all of this, And I think that that is hopefully sufficient enough for me to do my part because really, like, we can't all be doing crazy things. I don't think that people should be, like, Sarah kept being like, why does toilet paper keep selling out everywhere? And she was like, I just don't get it. And I was like, well, I think people are getting ready for quarantine and they're, like, getting whatever they think they need to stock up on if that happens. I don't think the U.S. is going to legitimately, I I mean, I could be wrong.
1: I could I don't, be wrong,
0: yeah. but I don't think the U.S. is legitimately going to make people stay home. Like, I just don't see that happening. I think that it's just, like, I don't see it happening. The U.S. is too big. I think that they're trying to do things beforehand to make it so that we don't have to do that. But I'm like, people will be able to go get food. People will be able to... Go get toilet paper. People will probably still be able to go out to restaurants. Like, you know what I mean? I don't like, think... We really should not let this, like, for as long as we can. Do not let it impact your daily routine to a significant amount. Obviously, it's going to impact your routine and, like, you know, the amount of times you wash your hands or mm-hmm. stuff like that. But that's pretty insignificant um, as far as affecting your day. And hopefully it will have also, a can we please, larger impact. I have a, I have faith that all of our listeners are really smart people, so I don't think that this... um. Is an issue for any of them, but please don't buy masks. Mm-hmm. Like if the CDC is saying not to buy masks, please don't because the masks are for people that need it. And it's really upsetting that like there's a shortage of masks. Um, I'm pretty sure even like, cause the university of Iowa has its own hospital. They've talked about, you know, student volunteers can't go anymore. Like even medical students, like they're are trying to get their rotations in are being told that they can't come in to shadow and work because there's not enough equipment for them all to be using and like I just think that's so interesting because like grad school especially like if the university cancels like the grad schools are included in that and that goes beyond just Iowa I'm sure like any university that has grad schools like if they cancel it affects everyone and so like medical school medical students like what are they doing for the rest of the semester if we end up like being online the whole time it's like really kind of a first in that sense because Yeah, and going back to the mask thing, I think it's annoying because I think each individual person, when they hear that, they're like, well, yeah, but then they're like, "But I'm just, like, one person, I just, like, want a few masks. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, mob mentality, when everyone thinks (laughs) that way, it's easy to blame, like, oh, everyone but you. They're like, everyone else is getting masks, and, like, I just got, like, a couple, like, it's not a big deal, like, I just got a few. But when everyone gets a few, oh, suddenly we're out of masks, and now hospitals, like, can't buy any. Also, why did New York make their own hand sanitizer? I think that's smart because they were, like, because the stock was getting so low. Like, they were running out of hand sanitizer. So they made the prisoners start making hand sanitizer. To that is smart. stocks? No, not the stock market. Oh, I was getting confused when you brought that up. I was like, the hand sanitizer? I was like, shouldn't that be going up if like, you were buying it? stock that they have of hand sanitizer. The okay. amount. The I inventory. <laughs> I was confused for a second. Huh. I will say the graphic design on that was not good but they, sure they, were just they probably only have like a data figure it out it but out. i think that was such a smart move for new york because the prisoners need something to do and <laughs> they need hand sanitizer so i think they said they were making a hundred thousand gallons weekly Seems how like do you make lot. hand sanitizer mix different parts of alcohol and other stuff I'm um, guessing someone said are we staying on campus or going home when classes are online um, I think that when we come back from spring break, we might go to Des Moines just for like yeah a week or something, and then come back. I think because I do like being at my apartment, but I definitely think that we will probably go home for at least a little bit. But I do like being in my apartment just because I have like my own room and all my stuff is here. And also, our university like the campus isn't completely that's what closing, I'm kind of I'm kind so. of shocked at, like by that. Like, I thought for sure If I need that to work out, I can still go to the rec and stuff. I thought for sure that if the university canceled, then, like, they, they would be canceling everything, like, all the buildings, everything. Um, but they actually said that even during online classes that the library was going to stay open, the rec was going to stay open, and, like, the hospital was going to stay open, but I didn't think the hospital was going to close. Yeah, like, so, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I was kind of shocked by that, but... They're yeah, like, sorry, the hospital's <clears> closing <throat> for the coronavirus. We don't want to deal with it anymore. Also, I don't know if we said this earlier in the podcast, but I have a feeling, I think I already did say this actually, I was <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that classes are going to be online for longer than they initially planned for, um, but I don't know how long that's going to be. It's going to be at least, like we're, after this week, because then next week is our spring break, we're not going to be on campus for three weeks, like that's, Sierra was saying that's almost like a second winter break, and obviously we have classes going on. For two of I think that's what's going to be annoying is because but I think like it's going like to feel like we're like on a like break. No one's going to want to do anything. It's going to kind of be really bad, I think. <laughs> but, like, I also, like, I wanted them to do online classes because I do think it's the smartest choice. But I am kind of like, this is going to get interesting, and I feel like my motivation is going to drop significantly. Mm-hmm. I just think it'll be so weird if, like, it gets extended to the end of the semester, and it's just like, oh, well, we're done, I guess. Like, happy summer break. Or, um, I don't know much about this. I was trying to look up our school's disaster protocol um, situation because our lab professor was bringing up how you need at least 10 weeks of a class for it to count as, like, even finishing the class. And because he was so unsure of how to do the class, otherwise, he did kind of mention briefly again, like he still had no idea what we were going to end up doing. But he was kind of theoretically saying, like, what if we did online class for ten weeks and we just called like it until the ten week mark. Until the ten week mark, which would only be two more weeks? two weeks after spring break. P- spring break, and like then they could just call it. And like I think at that point it'd be like whatever grade you have in the class just is what it is. And I think they'd only do that for. Maybe even, like, classes where it's, like, that special case scenario. But I think otherwise, like, people are going to just do the online class for the rest of the semester if that has to happen. Um, I think that's kind of— Anything else they have to say? I'm surprised we even talked about coronavirus for 50 minutes yeah. pretty— I'm sorry if we said anything repetitive. Nose. I'm sure we probably did at some point, but try Hopefully to keep Hopefully you guys found it interesting open. because I think it's interesting to talk about. And I want the main message of this to be, um, first, get information from— Good sources the CDC and your state um, health department or wherever country you may live in I'm sure they have their own um, suggestions as well as the, as well as uh, the WHO um, and then also don't panic but also be don't, vigilant yeah be vigilant don't take things too lightly we have to stay on top of our own hygiene in order if to not worrying about yourself everyone, worrying about people who actually need to be protected from the virus because Again, it's the same thing, why we need to get flu shots every year, um, because we don't want other people who can't get flu shots to get the flu, so. All right, there is hopefully going to be a post up, to, so you guys can comment your own thoughts on the coronavirus, or if you have, you know, your own experiences, what are your schools doing, what countries you do you want live to, in. to uh, debate about any of this in the comments, so if you, like, disagree with anything we said. Do so civilly. Yeah, and maybe we will respond to you and see if we can come to an agreement. Or maybe not. And we'll agree to disagree. That's fine, too. All right. We will talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye. Bye.